Thank you for downloading this performance of Short Play Podcast. Our podcast takes short plays and produces them in audio format with minimal sound effects and only a brief audio introduction. Today's podcast is entitled Turning Off the Lights. It is written by Daniel M. Wolpe and performed by Warren Post and Marianne Thibodeau. The story begins in a typical New York City apartment. Enjoy the show. It gets too dark here. I've never liked the dark, but there are different kinds of darkness. Too many. Do you know the old joke about asking two Jews a question and getting three opinions? Well, until you study Talmud, you don't know the half of it. Disagreement, that's what it's all about. In rabbinical school, you read the opinions of dozens of men and decide who you agree with. That's what we call personal theology. My favorite was always Martin Buber. He believes that we form a relationship with God much in the same way that we form relationships with other human beings. Well, that's an oversimplification, but this isn't a classroom. Still, he helped me realize that the proof of God's existence lies in our relationship to each other. You see that woman over there? That's Shira Green. Her best friend was the first woman rabbi I had ever met, and she introduced me to Shira. She's painting our ketubah, the ritual Jewish marriage contract. Hello, Shira. I I wrote you a poem. Through all travails and a thousand lies, when I need proof of God, I look in your dark eyes. Robert, I think that's the most beautiful one yet. Oh, I can't believe I don't have any Kleenex in here. Do you really like it? Would you change anything? I love it, Rob. It's perfect. And I love you. I love you too, Shira. More than you know. I've got to run across the hall. I'll be right back. A story is told of the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidism. It is said that a man came to him complaining of his rebellious son. My son, the man said, does nothing. He is violent, quick-tempered, and picks fights. More than that, he is lazy and obdurate. My teacher, what should I do? Well, do you love your son? asked the Baal Shem Tov. Of course I do, the man responded. Then love him even more. With quickie solutions like that, I've often wondered if the Baal Shem Tov's wisdom is the precursor to today's sitcoms. Have you ever noticed that there aren't any accidents in the Bible? It was a problem I had throughout my years in rabbinical school. Nothing ever happened by accident. Just once I would have liked there to have been a coincidence. Nothing major. Moses bumping into someone he knew as a child when he returns to Egypt to confront Pharaoh. Noah getting seasick. Something. Everything was just too pat. Not that I'm doubting the Bible, you understand. Quite the contrary. I wish I did have a reason to disbelieve, to question. Hello? Hi, Mom. I just finished it, and if I have to say so myself, it's a beautiful ketubah. Yes, Mom, yes, you were right about me designing it. (laughs) Right, Mom. Oh, I meant to tell you, Jennifer called. She found the perfect place to open the shop. Mom, we've been through this. Jennifer and I made a deal. We will be framing other people's pictures. We won't be selling our artwork in the store. Not mine, not hers. Mom, that's the final word. Mother, you are making me crazy. Mom, I consider it vain to sell my own work. If my work is good enough to be sold to other people, then it is good enough for an objective dealer to sell it. Yes, Mom, I remembered to invite Julie to the rehearsal dinner. Robert's fine. He should be here any minute. 
Oh, he's been working like a demon. His midterms are next week. Hi, hon. My mom's on the phone. She wants to say hi. If she asks, I invited Julie to the rehearsal dinner. Remind me to do it later for real. Gotcha. Hello, my soon-to-be mother-in-law. How are you? Oh, she told you that, did she? Well, if you think it's hard enough taking grad school finals in English, try Aramaic sometime. <laughs> yes, Rebecca, she did invite Julie. No, Rebecca, I'm not just saying that because she told me to. Okay, I'll give you your data back, but only temporarily. Okay, Mom, gotta go. I'll call you before Shabbos. Love you too. Bye. I have a surprise for you. The Ketubah. What do you think? Shira, it's beautiful. Rabbi Shenka, you are marrying one talented lady, if I do say so myself. <gasps> and guess what? Jennifer called today. She thinks she found the perfect place to open the shop. Soon, all of New York will be framed by S&J picture framing. There must be a less dangerous sounding way of phrasing that. Now, if I could just get this wedding under control, things would be great. Everything will come together, Shira. Mm, not so sure. Hey, considering that you didn't even want to date me, I think we've done pretty well. Well, you have to admit, when we first met, you did act like a pompous ass. I don't have to admit any such thing, no matter how true it is. Call Julie. She'll ruin the dinner if I invite her. Then your mother will ruin it if you don't. True. Hey, turn down that radio. Sorry. Hi, Julie. It's Shira. What's that? Oh, my mother just called. Interesting. In the 31st chapter of the book of Proverbs, there is a section called Eshek Chayil, a woman of valor. It tells us that a woman of valor's worth is greater than that of rubies. And truer words were never said. I met Shira when I first started rabbinical school. I knew Shira was the woman for me the day that she met my brother Ira. If she knew I was telling this story, she'd kill me. Well, that would be difficult. Ira and his wife were cooking dinner for us, and poor Shira wanted so badly to impress them. Karen, my sister-in-law, had made duck. She asked Shira to take it out of the oven for her, and when she did, splat! Shira dropped the duck all over the floor. There was a moment of silence that she looked at Ira and Karen and said, Basting it in floor wax gives it that homey flavor. <laughs> Proof of God's existence lies in our relationship to others. I miss her. I miss a lot. No synagogue? Damn it, how did that happen? I don't know. Well, who did you speak to? Some secretary. She said that the synagogue hall was double booked and no one noticed until now. So why are we the ones who get bumped? A, because the other event was scheduled first. And B, since we daven at the seminary, we didn't pay our dues last year. We are not members. Great, just great. Three weeks before the wedding. Maybe we could rent a hall at the seminary. I mean, you did just graduate there. Maybe somebody will give you a break? I don't want to get married at the seminary. I want to get married in a synagogue. So do I. But what can we do? All right. I'll head over there tomorrow and see what I can do. I wrote you a sonnet today. You did? Well, we've been so wrapped up in this wedding that I haven't had a lot of time to write. Here, read it. I want you to read it to me. Shall I pull upon the stone giant's leg or to the demon a challenge offer? Or make the mighty column kneel and beg and chain them all in my mighty coffer. Shall the earth quake at my merest command? I'll raise the mountains from the ground they lay and streams bend their course with my two hands and hand this vanquished earth to you today. For you, any miracle I can do, all you desire is to you my gift. 
from the depths of the earth to the sky's pale hue. Not thy smallest wish will leave you bereft. You think I cannot do these things. I can. If I have your love, all is mine to command. And I believed it. I believed those words. I believed that nothing could happen over which we couldn't triumph. And now, my last rabbinical story. There was a great teacher named Elisha ben Abulia. He grew up learning the Torah. He believed the Torah. He taught the Torah. In the same Torah that ben Abulia taught and that I taught, it says that an obedient child will live a long life. It also teaches that one who shoes away a mother bird before taking her eggs so that she will not suffer the pain of seeing her eggs taken will live a long life. Elisha ben Abulia saw a child chase away a bird so as to collect the eggs that his father sent him to get. The branch of the tree the child climbed broke, and the child was killed. On that day, Elisha ben Abulia left Judaism. And me? Nothing could make me turn my back on God. So he, in his infinite wisdom, turned his back on me. A 28-year-old rabbi was killed today in the Upper West Side after refusing to hand his wallet over to a mugger. There was only $7.32 in the rabbi's wallet. If the proof of God's existence is in our relationships, what happens when you realize that as badly as you want a relationship with God, he might see you as only a pawn in a chess game? It does get too dark here, but sometimes, sometimes it's darker in the light. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Short Play Podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at shortplaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have a play you'd like for us to produce, please send it along for consideration. Short Play Podcast is produced by Marty Mathis. We are provided studio space at the warehouse of Le Chat Noir in Augusta, Georgia, an independent black box theater. For information on Le Chat Noir, visit lcnaugusta.com. We do not own the rights to these plays, so any subsequent use of these plays must be with the author's permission. If you'd like to produce one of these plays, we will gladly put you in touch with them. Please consider supporting us by subscribing and rating this podcast. It helps. We are distributed by Anchor.fm and available on dozens of podcast formats. Anchor.fm provides podcast distribution free of charge, so check them out if you'd like to do podcasts. Again, thank you for listening.